Hello, everybody. This is indeed the shoe with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this show part of your routine. Always a privilege and a blessing to be here with you, the audience, wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening. I am very grateful um, to be able to do the show this week. Um, I will um, spend a few minutes at the end of the show. Uh, what's been going on with me? Um, as many of you don't even know, and uh, and and that, and that's uh, okay. But I'm going to uh, take the time to share with you some things um, at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. But as always, you can contact me, hit me up on social media, on Twitter at Shukri Writes, as at S H U K R I W R I G H T S. Hit, follow me on Instagram at S Rights Radio at S W R I G H T S R A D I O underscore. That's how you can follow me or hit me up on social media. Let me let me know what you think of the show and so forth. But I want to start the show talking about baseball because this week. Major League Baseball spring training officially begins. And what better way to start with by talking about two teams in the big city that have dominated headlines? Well, depending on what side you're on in terms of those two teams I'm about to talk about, one team definitely dominated headlines more than the other. And I'm talking about the New York Mets and the New York Yankees in New York City. Oh yeah, because when spring training started, and I and I was thinking about this as I was preparing to do this show, one thing that I was thinking was, you know, I don't think there are two teams in one major market that have dominated the headlines this off season the way that the New York Yankees and the New York Mets did. New York Yankees in their own right, as well as definitely the New York Mets. Oh, for sure. In fact, I'm going to propose to you this question because I want you to think about this for a moment. Do you think that the New York Mets or the New York Yankees are the kings of New York right now? I think it's a fair question to ask. And we're going to spend this entire segment talking about this because, because we've had this conversation Many times, especially on social media in the past. And many of you who may or may not know, I'm from New York City, born and raised. I live in Boston now. And once a New Yorker, always a New Yorker. And there's many things that you don't forget about New York. One of the many different intricacies, especially when it comes to the sports landscape in New York City, that you don't forget is... The Yankees and the Mets. Some would call it a rivalry. Some would say, mm, I don't see it being much of a rivalry when it's really been lopsided. I'm one of those that says, I don't see the Yankees and the Mets being quote unquote rivals. If you're going to be rivals, you both have to be good and historically good and have long stretches where both teams are contending and winning titles. Sorry, but I hate to break it to you, but the Yankees haven't been winning titles. Haven't won one since 2009. They've had 
two gut-wrenching losses to the Houston Astros in 2017 and 2019, respectively. The Mets, they haven't been any better. They haven't been to the postseason since 2016, since they lost that National League wildcard game to the San Francisco Giants. They haven't won the World Series since 1986. They got to the World Series in 2015, but they lost. So let's be honest about something here. I don't think that they're rivals. If anything, they happen to be two tenants who happen to coincide in the same city trying to get your attention. That's just the truth. So with that being said, here's really the bigger question. After everything that you and I have seen and have heard throughout this entire offseason, which New York baseball team is truly the kings of New York right now? I'll make my case for the New York Mets first and foremost. Look, I get that there is excitement in New York right now for the New York Mets, and it has nothing to do with the on-the-field acquisitions that the Mets have made during this offseason. It's the new owner, Steve Cohen. Yes, he had a little bit of a hiccup with the the whole stock market thing with with GameStop or, or whatever else. I get that. But apart from that, it's been really, really exciting. Cohen has become the official owner of the New York Mets during the offseason. He's now the man in charge in Queens at City Field, where there's a new where there's a new renewed sense of hope and excitement and expectations. He's the wealthiest owner in baseball. He's going to be able to do this. He's going to be able to do that. We expect bigger things and better things in Queens and Flushing. And what does he do? He goes out and gets the best shortstop in the game right now and Francisco Lindor from the Cleveland Indians. And all you had to do was give up Ahmad Rosario and throw away a couple of prospects. And I should also mention that they also got Carlos Carrasco, a pretty darn good starter in his own right, in the, in that same trade as well. So let's end that there. The Mets right now, are they a better team than they were in 2020, 2019? Absolutely, you bet your money on it, they are. No question. Now, let's look at the other side. The New York Yankees. The New York Yankees in years past, you and I know, they've always grabbed the headlines. They have signed this big free agent in the past. They did this. They made this trade. Remember the old days where the Yankees would go out and they would you know, steal your attention with the big news of they signed Alex Rodriguez 17 years ago this month. Remember that? Oh, yeah. This week marks the 17-year anniversary of that major news that broke in New York. Alex Rodriguez is coming to the New York Yankees and wish that they have made a deal with the Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers and the New York Yankees. Yankees sending off Alfonso Soriano. That was 17 years ago this week. Crazy how time flies, right? Oh, they went out and they signed Randy Johnson. They went out and they signed A.J. Burnett. They went out and they signed CeCe Sabathia. 
We're used to that in the past. But this offseason, I wouldn't necessarily call it a boring offseason. But let's be honest. The Yankees, they have lost some important pieces. Masahiro Tanaka has gone back to Japan. I wish him well, and I'm genuinely happy for the guy. Does it suck that he is no longer in the Bronx? Absolutely. Does it suck that your best starting pitcher over the course of these last, what, three, four years is no longer in the Bronx? Absolutely. You lose James Paxton. He goes back to Seattle. Okay. He was the only starting pitcher other than Tanaka to have consistently pitched in the postseason as a free agent signing, as a starting pitcher. Other than Cesar Sabathia, I should also add. But let me also say this. The Yankees have had more losses this offseason than gains. I get it. They just signed Justin Wilson. I get it. They also made some other notable moves as well. I fully get all of that, and I understand. But the big question among Yankee fans is, what about Brett Gardner? They went out, the Yankees, that is. They went out, and they signed Jay Bruce to a minor league deal. I get that. So the question becomes, yet again, who is the true king's of New York right now in baseball. Heck, you could even ask the same question when it comes to the sports teams. Because let's be honest about something here. Sports scene in New York has been an absolute wasteland this last few years. That's just being honest. I mean, should I remind you that the New York Jets and the New York Giants have have been so equally bad that either team barely combined to win nine games this past 2020 NFL season? Right. The New York Rangers. This was supposed to be a year that they took another step forward, but so far they have taken a big step back. Consistency issues have plagued this team, and it doesn't help that that Tony D'Angelo has been absolutely got wrenched awful in which that he got into a fight with one of his teammates, Alexander Gorgiev. He's no longer playing with the New York Rangers. How's that for you? The Devils, well, hmm. They have absolutely been in restarting mode for how long now? Right. Had to make the playoffs since 2017-18. And that was when you still had Taylor Hall, who was your league MVP at that time. And also, oh, I should should also talk about the New York Islanders. They are on the cusp of becoming a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. But with this strange 56-game season, we have yet to have seen a hockey team in New York, or should I say the New York Tri-State region, to really grab the hold of the Reigns and say, hey, this is us now. We are the top dog here now. We haven't really seen that. The Knicks, well, they are still the Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets. 
oh, they got James Harden and they got KD and Kyrie. They're all playing together now, but their defense, <laughs> your defense is allowing a putrid 120 plus points per game. So that leads to me having legitimate questions about its legitimate or illegitimate championship aspirations. So, yeah, I'm sitting here telling you exactly how I feel, which now leads me back to the baseball teams. Yankees, Mets. And I'm going to simply piss off Mets fans by saying, Yankees are still the king of New York. And I'm going to tell you why. Championships are not won during the offseason. Congratulations. You don't make the postseason for five years now. And you expect to be crowned kings of New York? Sorry, that's not how it works. You haven't played in a postseason series since 2015, since the 2015 World Series. You played in the one game in the wild card playoff game, and that was that. That's it. Sorry. I give props for the work that the team has done during the offseason. They've added legitimate depth to the bullpen. I'm interested in seeing how this how does Ed, Edward Diaz bounce back after the season that he had in 2020. Juris Familia. You know, guys like Dylan Patances. I'm curious to see how it all will come together for the Mets bullpen. The pitching for the Mets, I think they have talent. There is no question. I still believe I still believe in Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom is right now the best pitcher in baseball. Right now, yes, he is the best pitcher in baseball, but there's another guy in the Bronx who also has legitimate claim to that title as well, and Garrett Cole. But if we're being honest... If you're looking at both teams and you're looking at both organizations, which team are you saying has a better chance to win in the World Series in 2021? Based on the entire look of the roster currently right now, you can make a case for the Yankees and the Mets. But let's be honest. What wins in October? Pitching. Do the Mets have that? Absolutely. Do the Yankees have pitching? Sure, but question mark. After Garrett Cole, you have major question marks in your rotation. Who's going to slide in and take over Tanaka's spot? Jordan Montgomery. How is he going to look? Luis Severino. What would he look like coming off Tommy John surgery? Domingo Herman. How is he going to look coming off that lengthy suspension for his involvement in a domestic violence case? Major questions are bound in that Yankee rotation for 2021. But I will also end this segment by, by saying the very fact here. The Mets... They have a chance to do something special. But like I said, championships are not won 
during the offseason is what do you do with that talent in which that you have assembled and everybody in baseball and even your co-city tenants, or shall I say the kings of New York, the New York Yankees, are looking at that team and saying, hmm, they got an impressive team over there, but let's wait and see. And oh, by the way, yes, Pete Alonzo, that dude is a stud. You have him in the middle of that lineup. You have him hitting where there's probably going to be before or probably protecting Francisco Lindor because Francisco Lindor is a legitimate 30-plus home run hitter during the course of a 162-game season. As of right now, Yankees are still the kings of New York until the Mets actually do something. And I'm not talking about offseason acquisitions because at this point, spring training is here. Pitchers or catchers are starting to report. If not, they already have begun to report in various Major League Baseball camps. So, with that being said, Yankees are still kings of New York. But for how much longer? That's an entire different conversation altogether. And it's going to be a fun baseball season to watch if both teams are in fact competing for the postseason. There won't be the wild card round like we saw in 2020 where there was a best of three. What we are going to see is a team that is either going to live up to his promise or choke in colossal disappointment. 2021, Major League Baseball, you're taking the table to New York. Question is, which king is going to feast at that table? There can only be one. Coming up next, why does it seem like there are some uniforms in sports, or should I say some organizations in sports that seem to carry a burden that other organizations doesn't seem to share? I'm going to tell you exactly what my thoughts are and what I'm talking about coming up next. Right here on The Shoe with Shuki Writes on Pacifica Radio Network. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, 
you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard. And I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me. Your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show with Shukri Writes on Pacifica Radio Network. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the program. Always appreciate it. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to all broadcasts of the show with Shukri Writes on demand as podcasts under the Shukri Writes podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor as well. And and for those that may not have known, um, the previous broadcast for the shoe with Shukri Rights, they've all been posted under the Shukri Rights podcast, which you will be able to find all previous broadcasts of the shoe with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network on demand on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor as well. So just wanted to give you, the listener, the opportunity to listen to the broadcast in case if you were not able to hear it in your locale that you can actually go on iHeartRadio and search up the Shukri Rights Podcast. And all of the previous shows have been done that have been recorded and so forth. They're all there. You could listen to it on demand. Let me know your thoughts. Again, follow me on social media. 
Let me know why you're mad at me, why you like what I said, why you agree or disagree. I'm all here for it. Hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Shukri Wright. That's at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. You can also follow me on Instagram as well at Radio underscore. That is at S-W-R-I-G-H-T-S-R-A-D-I-O underscore. That's how you can follow me. And hit me up on social media and to voice your displeasures at me, if you will. I'm all here for it. What I'm also all here for is, is how in sports, there is a certain element of teams, franchises, history that determines whom and what you are. Why is it that some teams just seemingly have that collective burden of trying to overcome whether if it's a curse or or some sort of a quote-unquote jinx and so forth and why is it that other teams seem to have it figured out have it all figured out one way or another historically i want to provide a bit more context to what i'm saying now now, I'm going to give you an actual example. The Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, the other night, they played against the Ottawa Senators. Now, Ottawa is one of the worst teams in the NHL. There's, there's no getting around it. They're a bottom feeder, for lack of a better term. And somehow, someway, and I, I can't even begin to, to really put into words as to what in God's green earth we saw in that game. But I will say this, that I personally couldn't believe what I heard, especially when you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, they were leading in this game by as much as five to one. And you're thinking, well, this can't possibly get any worse, right? <laughs> oh, it, oh, it can. And it did. And I just need to absolutely put this into absolute perspective because I couldn't believe this. The Toronto Maple Leafs were up 5-1 to one in that game. 5-1. And now in hockey... For those of you who are hockey fans here stateside or even across the border up north in Canada, no. 5-1, the game is usually over, right? Yeah, game's over. It's all done. All you got to do is just play your game, you know, like just keep up with the fort checking and the goaltending, continue to, you know, stop pucks and so forth. But Ottawa... Ottawa kept coming. The Senators came back from being down four goals, and they beat the Maple Leafs in overtime. Which leads me back to my point about it just seems like there are some teams in sports that just have this God-forsaken burden on their jerseys or sweaters in this case. And the Maple Leafs are that organization. I'm not just talking about that particular loss. 
No, no, no. I'm talking historically. We've seen some epic collapse by the Toronto Maple Leafs in recent years. Oh, especially in the playoffs. Should I remind Maple Leaf fans about 2013, Game 7 in Boston? You're up 4-1, and you seemingly got that game in hand? Nope. You choked it away. You gave up three unanswered goals in the third period, including Patrice Bergeron's game-tying goal to send the game into overtime, and as well as the OT winner, which was scored by you-know-who, Patrice Bergeron. 2018, you're up going into the third period, and you couldn't hold on to the lead. You blew that lead. Tell me how that worked. Tell me. And then, oh, by the way, in 2019, you were up 3-2 in that series. All you had to do to put away the Bruins was win game six at home. And you would have won your first playoff series in how long? Oh, that's right. 15 years at that time. You hadn't won a playoff series since 2004. You couldn't close out the deal at home. You return back to Boston and you lose game seven at TD Garden. Go figure. And as for regular seasons, <laughs> gosh, should I remind Maple Leaf fans about Zamboni Driver? Yeah, that a Zamboni Driver comes into an NHL game and beats you on your own home ice. In which Carolina wins that game, the Carolina Hurricanes. They win that game. And all you could hear after the game is, this is outright embarrassing. It was. And so was blowing a 5-1 lead to the Ottawa Senators. There's something about organizations that have this unwanted burden, like lead. Like lead in their sweaters or jerseys that when you put it on, you feel the sense of of a burden. Oh, it's a it's a prideful thing to wear the Maple Leaf sweater. Oh, sure it is. But given your history since 1967, I'm not sure how much pride there really is. <laughs> no disrespect to the Maple Leafs. However, they're not the only team that I look at in sports that I say, Yeesh, man, that uniform carries an extra weight of burden. For 86 years, it was the Boston Red Sox. Sorry, not sorry, New England. For 86 years, that was the truth. All you could hear was 1918. And no matter how hard you tried, you still failed for 86 years. The Chicago Cubs, Lord have mercy. Regular season, oh, especially come the playoffs. Whoo, 108 years. You couldn't begin to find a way out of your own misery. In your own history. And all it took was a magical run of 2016. In October into early October 2016. For you to finally figure it all out. And pull all of the dark demons to bed. Finally once and for all. Hmm. The Montreal Canadiens. Another example that comes to mind. Oh that's right. That's right. You hadn't won a Stanley Cup since 1993. And you haven't come close 
to sniffing the Stanley Cup Finals since, and I do mean since, Patrick Waugh was traded after that humiliation against the Detroit Red Wings in December of 1995. Should I remind you all how that went? Right. That's what I thought. And I know what I'm about to say next is going to piss off so many people. But some uniforms are really more of a curse because of his haunted past. Well, one day we'll figure it all out. It'll all be behind us. Oh. How long do you think that'll be? Because the one thing about sports that you and I know, and if you're a sports fan listening to this, is that burdens, they don't get lifted overnight. You can scream, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. We're in the midst of a rebuild right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. How long are you going to be under construction for? Because last time I checked, this is a New York reference. By the way, America and Canada as well, that you could be in rebuild as long as the Brooklyn Queens Expressway has been under rebuild and still be rebuilding 20 plus years later. How do you like them apples? If you know, you know. And if you're from New York, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just nod, smile, and laugh, if you will. You understand the reference. The Rangers, another example I look at. Let's be honest. 1994, you broke a 54-year Stanley Cup drought. Oh, that sounds similar to a lot of Maple Leafs fans? That's right. It's been 54 years since you last won the Stanley Cup in 1967. But, oh, but for the New York Rangers... That was their only Stanley Cup that they'd end up winning. And, oh, by the way, right now we're going on, what, one cup in 81 years? They got back to the finals of 2014 but lost. What I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are some teams whose uniforms carry an extra burden that you absolutely cannot and i mean you cannot get rid of no matter how good of a player you are you can't do it by yourself and as i mentioned you got the toronto maple leafs you got the montreal canadians i mentioned the new york rangers i've mentioned the boston red sox pre-2004 i mentioned the chicago cubs Pre-2016, and I should mention pre-2005, the Chicago White Sox as well. 88 years, and you had one of the best teams of the last 20 years in the 2005 Chicago White Sox to finally put an end to that curse. Right. So I can keep going on and on and on. And oh, in terms of the NFL, oh, I, 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 got, I got something for you guys. Don't worry. Coming up just shortly. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah, they made the playoffs. But they hadn't won a Super Bowl just yet. There are some teams whose uniforms 
that you look at and say, oh, that's a beautiful looking uniform. But my God, I'd hate to wear that burden on my shoulders. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like in the NFL, and you guys understand this, ladies, gentlemen, whatever you may identify yourself with, the NFL has its teams that you look at the uniforms and you say, ugh, man, that burden, the burden of wearing that uniform. The Raiders in one way, they were that team for a long time. Oh, by the way, the Buccaneers, and they just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> they just won the Super Bowl. But before Tom Brady arrival, they were an absolute joke. They had been a joke of a franchise. Okay, they won the Super Bowl in 2002. But historically, you want to talk about an organization that defined losing? That was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The point of the matter is this, ladies and gentlemen. The point is, you look at different teams in different leagues and you see certain uniforms seem to carry a bit more weight than others. Why is that? The NBA, you look at the Knicks. That uniform, great looking uniform. But the history, especially in recent years, especially within the last 20 years, ooh, you know and I know just as well as anybody. They seem to be turning things around this season. I will give them that. I like the job that Tim Thibodeau has done. I like what Emmanuel quickly has been able to do. I like the fact that they went out and they acquired Derrick Rose. But this isn't about the New York Knicks currently. This is about historically what they have been, especially in the last 20 years now. Some teams in some organizations and some sports, they seem to carry a burden that you just absolutely can't even begin to put into words. How do you get rid of that burden? How do you absolutely try to reverse your fortunes? Especially when you know that with some teams, you can't expect the unexpected. Like the Maple Leafs blowing a 5-1 lead to the Ottawa Senators. That just doesn't happen in hockey. That doesn't happen often. Like, honestly, when was the last time that you've seen a team blow a 5-1 lead in the NHL? It doesn't happen. But to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, goodness grief, you can add that to the long list of epic collapses and epic failures and embarrassments. <laughs> I mean, I have, to, I have to still sit here and wrap my mind around that. That collapse by the Toronto Maple Leafs really inspired this entire segment. And I know that this entire discussion in this segment I'm sure that I've upset quite a few people. I'm pretty sure of that. But does it bother me? No. Because sometimes the truth does set you free. While in other times, the truth may also burden you depending on how you take it. I don't know any other way to put it. The only way I can really put it for you succinctly and bluntly is... Your past does not have to be your present. But I look at franchises like the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Knicks and the Chicago Cubs in the past and the Boston Red Sox in the past that have had long, prolonged 
streaks of just not winning, not winning a championship. And I say, goodness grief, if there was ever a way that you could ever figure out why that was, please tell me. And I'm sure every dog will have its day. But this segment is brought to you by the Toronto Maple Leafs who blew a 5-1 lead to the Ottawa Senators. I'm sorry. I can't. I cannot stop thinking about that. I can't. I really can't. I mean, Twitter had its field day, and here I am on this show, on a nationally syndicated program, having my fun with it because there's some things in sports that happens, and you're just like, huh? Only to this team does it happen to. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hope I'm telling you the truth, but hey, it is what it is. Coming up next, right here on the show with Shukri writes, can we all have an honest discussion about this? I'm going to tell you what exactly this is with air quotes. That's right here. Keep it locked in to the shoe with Shukri writes right here on Pacifica Radio Network. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't. Can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2! Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work, there's the comic book collection, the race car bed... Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This is the city where danger lurks. Today, a new creature walks among us, causing fear, mayhem, and injury. Stay back, children. Mommy, I'm scared. Look out for the dreaded digital deadwalkers. They're not looking out for you. With faces pressed against their little handheld devices, they put all good citizens in harm's way. Hey, pal. Pardon you. The digital deadwalkers are multiplying. Until their behavior patterns can be modified, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons warns all innocent people to stay alert. 
Better yet, to step up and speak out. Oh, hey, dude, I'm walking here. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't see you. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, who want to keep everyone well connected with healthy bones. Welcome back to the shoe with Shukri Rights on Pacifica Radio Network. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this program wherever you are, however you are listening. Always appreciated. And I want to spend this last segment um, of this program before I get into some personal stuff that I actually want to share with the audience um, that I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast that I am going to keep my word and actually talk to you about something that's um, that's been going on. And I want to talk about something that we need to have a discussion about. In regards to baseball, because baseball has really, really done a great job of making me angry at this point. And I've not hidden my feelings about analytics and the role that it has now in baseball and how much I have absolutely grown to have despise it and to have really spoke vehemently against it. There was a trade that took place recently that really caught my attention. And I say, why? Like, why did this team go out and make this deal? What baseball sense did it really make? And it really speaks to a larger problem that I have noticed in Major League Baseball. I'm talking about the Boston Red Sox. I'm talking about Andrew Benintendi. The deal that went down in which that he was traded to the Kansas City Royals. He was traded for Frenchie Cordero and some other prospects. And I sit here and I begin to really to really try to make sense of this deal. I'm struggling with this one aspect of it that really really grinds my gears and that is why what sense did it really make for the Boston Red Sox to trade away Benintendi and here's the thing this is how I look at it Benintendi is your classic left fielder who can hit doubles who has used his his ability to hit the ball off the green monster to his advantage at Fenway Park. This is a guy in which that, listen, maybe he can become a 30 home run hitter, but he's more of 20 homers, maybe 40 doubles, 35 doubles-ish type of player who can play the outfield. What I sincerely don't understand is the thought process behind this deal. Let me first start off by addressing the Boston Red Sox. This was a guy that you drafted. You brought up in your farm system. You had him play an important position at Fenway, which was left field, because not everybody can play left field at Fenway. That's a fact. Benintendi did did a pretty solid job at that. But for some reason, the Boston Red Sox felt that it wasn't enough. And decided to tinker with Benatendi. Oh, that you need to hit for more power. You need to do this more. You need to 
do that more instead of working with what makes him good and just working on his weaknesses. It comes back to analytics. Oh, how hard did he hit the ball? Well, I hit the ball this hard. Mm, that's not good enough. We want you to hit the ball harder. Well, what's your launch angle? Oh, oh, my launch angle is this. Well, we need you. We need you to hit you at this angle so that we can get more fly balls that'll go out of the ballpark. I absolutely hate it, and and I'm really doing a pretty serviceable job of not allowing my frustration to boil over on the air because it's mind blowing how teams they get a player they draft a player you develop him in the minor leagues he is this type of player there are there areas of a, of their game that they can work on absolutely sure but they say mm, no not good enough the analytics say this like are you kidding me Benatendi is a classic example of this was the guy that you called up. This is the guy that you had on your team. 20 home run guy, 40 doubles guy. He can drive in maybe 70 to 80 runs and so forth. Pretty solid ball player. But you said, nah, not good enough. And now he has a subpar 2020 season. And you're saying, that, well, we don't, we don't think that he's worth that $6 million salary anymore. Like, what more do you possibly need? To do to ruin ball players that are the way that they are, that their game is predicated on because analytics doesn't deem them to be ball, good ball players. Like, is this what we've come to in Major League Baseball? Honestly, I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate this deal. I hate the fact that the Boston Red Sox thought that they needed to tinker with Andrew Benatendi to try to change him into something that he's not. And as a result, he's no longer with the organization. He's in Kansas City. And then on top of that, what I fear for him now, Red Sox or not, is that he has no idea who or what he is anymore. That I fear. And I hate that analytics has ruined baseball for so many players and so many fans because guess what? We have gone with the numbers. Baseball has become a war. It's a war against the nerds. Like, since when? Since when have we become so enamored with the nerds that we have to prove that our nerds are better than your nerds? No disrespect to the quote-unquote nerds out there at all. But baseball's approach of trying to outsmart the other team has, a, has gone a bit too far for my liking. Let's call a spade a spade. If not for Moneyball, you would still be sending scouts out, evaluating players, whether they can throw, they can hit, whether their strengths or weaknesses. You'll still be evaluating Pitchers on, do they have a good fastball? How is their curve? How is their secondary pitches? And not worrying about what on earth is the spin rate. That's the God honest truth. That's what analytics has done. We're worried about spin rate because their breaking ball may not be breaking enough. Like, really, you're overthinking the most simplistic of things. This isn't rocket science. Come on now. 
I'm just genuinely baffled by what baseball has become and what baseball has allowed itself to become. A game ruined by the analytics and ruled by analytics. I hate it. I genuinely hate it. And I don't know if baseball is smart enough to get out of its own way and say, hey, you know what? This isn't what's needed in our sport right now. Get back to the basics, like hit and run, you know, strategics and so forth. Not analytics. Well, the team hits tends to hit at a higher average if you face them a third time through its batting order. How about that, please? Like I'm aggravated right now. Just thinking about that. Now, after that nice little rant, I actually want to take the final few minutes that I have of this program to address something that um, that had been going on. Now, for those that may not know, um, I have been dealing with anxiety uh, for a little while now. This goes back to June of last year, just shortly after the George Floyd murder, I began to deal with anxiety. And last week, my my mother, um, she had surgery. She had a surgery to treat uh, her glaucoma. And I was away. I was actually away from home. I was in Philadelphia helping her recover and uh, last week was a very stressful week I'm happy to announce that she is doing much much better but last week I was pretty much just out of commission just focusing on taking care of her and making sure that she was doing okay so that's why there was no there was no uh, radio program last week there was no program to record because my my mind was overwhelmed you know trying to you know help her and as well as you know do and process my own emotions and I admit that you know life does happen and and I'm not one that's here to constantly give you excuse after excuse that's not that's not who and what I am. That's just being honest. But what I am saying is that is that anxiety definitely did play it played a, a role. But more importantly, my family needed me, my mother needed me, and I was there. I was happy to be there for her during the time of need, and that's why I was away last week but i have been dealing with anxiety and and i was definitely dealing with anxiety uh last week it was pretty bad i will admit now it's better it's getting better i'm in a much better place mentally and i'm really grateful for that now i'll be the first to admit that even right now i'm still learning how to better deal with the anxiety and so forth that i've been dealing with i'm fortunate i'm grateful to have had the support system that I've had throughout all of this. And above all else, I strongly felt the need to share this with you because 
I know this is a new show, and I absolutely love what I do. I love being on the radio. I love talking sports on the radio. I'm very passionate about it. And, however, if there's one thing that my audience deserves to know, and people who have supported me and been very supportive of me, of my radio broadcasting career so far, they deserve to know the truth. And I was never going to run away from the truth, ever. And I was going to confront it, and I was going to address it. But I'm back now. It's a day-to-day struggle in terms of my anxiety and so forth. But I'm managing it the best way that I know how and the best way that I can. And that's really all that I can ask for. You know, is to give it my all and to do the best that I can. Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And I'm a strong believer in that. That it's about the support system that you surround yourself with. And that if you have the right people in your life and the right people in your corner that will help you be able to better handle it, manage it, and so forth, it makes a world of a difference. It truly does. And I'm fortunate in more ways than one that I have people in my life that do love and care for me. And I'm grateful, very grateful for that. And I hope that for all of you that are out there, that my moment of transparency inspires you to be transparent with yourself and with others around you of what you're dealing with. Because I understand that life is life is and has been difficult for so many people throughout this pandemic. And it's okay to openly admit that. I'm using my national platform to address that, to openly admit that. I'm not a hero at all. But if there's one thing that you will see and you will learn about me as we move forward, especially in my career and in my life, and that is I like to be transparent. I like to be candid with people. I like to share my truths with people and that you have a voice and that you deserve to live your truth as well that'll be all for this week's edition of the shoe with shukri rights i enjoyed doing this show and i hope that you enjoy listening to the show wherever you may be listening however you may be listening to this program as well thank you for tuning in i'll talk to you guys next time take care and stay safe peace